Welcome to the Yoshi Football Show. This is John Johnston, founder of CornNation.com. We're here with Yoshi Hardrick, former Husker offensive lineman and current Canadian Football League star, although they're not playing this year. We're talking about yesterday's debacle of a game against Iowa. I don't know if it's fair to call it a debacle. It, you know, it was another close loss. Nebraska loses 26-20. to 20. And it makes it six in a row for those stinky Iowans. Uh, Yoshi, your initial thoughts on the game? Uh, my initial thoughts: the stinky Iowa one, like you said. But uh, man, we didn't we didn't get to win. I saw some things. I saw some things we got better at. But at the end of the day, man, I don't want to be one and four. I wanted to win. So, man, I, I am a lot happier with the way with the way two uh, with the way Adrian played. Adrian. He had a lot of things to go bad in that game, and he kept his head. And I never saw—I never saw his head drop. I never saw blame. There was a couple of times the snaps wasn't where he wanted to be, and he just got up and played the next play and put us in this position to keep getting points and keep moving the ball. And, I, and that was encouraging to me. Well, let's go right into the snaps. Have you ever played center? I played center probably seventh and eighth. I think seventh and eighth grade, and it was never. I'm from the old school. We had three tight ends who was the quarterback was under the center. So I never had to do a shotgun snap. I've always – I played guard in high school, and I'm not – I was never a good athlete. But football, you know, I grew up in a small town, so I got the chance to play. I always thought people that played center were a special kind of crazy. Because, I mean, in college, right, they have to make the line calls for blocking, correct? Correct. Uh, they have to remember the snap count. <laughs> yes, yes. And they have to worry about a freaking nose guard normally right on top of them while they're trying to snap the ball correctly to the to the quarterback. You know, when he's lined up under center, you can feel his hands there. But, I mean, shotgun, like you said, I, that's kind of a different thing. Um, playing center, what do you think? Is it – are these people crazy? <laughs> playing center, yeah. Well, from my – from just with me playing football, I respect the center so much more because my job is a lot easier because I don't have to make a call. I don't have to touch a ball. I can stare at my D-line and I can stare at the guy I'm going against. Half of the time, the center is looking everywhere except the man he's going against. He's trying to remember the snap count. He's also trying to get the protection in the right order. And that's a lot on his plate, but they embrace it. I, most most centers are the heart and soul of a lot of old line. They can, they can handle that pressure on their back and but kudos to those guys. It is a hard position. And, man, about the snaps yesterday. Let's get to the snaps. Uh, uh, I hear a lot about the clapping. We tried the clapping one time in a game in a, when I played in Canada. And we really couldn't hear the clap. It was a big rivalry game. It was going into a playoff game. We couldn't hear the clap. And the clap got through out after the first after the first or second drive. So we threw it out. So we tried, we tried a couple different um, – different snap counts. We was doing a head bob and um, the tackles. I was being one of the tackles. I couldn't see the head bob because I'm trying to watch my guy. I'm not looking at the center. So we threw that out. And this one, it got tricky. We start. We told the quarterback we're going to go off the first sound that we hear anytime he's on the center or anytime he calls for the ball. And that's when it got tricky. The defense started making sounds. We started moving before anything. The defense – the defense was all in tune to what we – every time we was changing. It was a big game. 
it was a division game. We had played them four or five times already this year. We, it was no hiding. We knew everything that was going on. And it, with them, they were just messing with – with us couldn't get the snap count right, and it, it messed up our entire game. But we just kept changing and changing and changing. Eventually, we ended up back with the clapper once we got the control of the game and the, and the crowd was a little down. We started getting back at the clap. But, yes, as far as the snap count and things go, if it's not working, you have to change it. You have to move on. You can't sit in there and you you really can't do the blame game. I've been in that situation where we've been in a game and we, we've switched the snap count three different ways and you can't hear either one. And so I don't want to go until I was clapping. If, if that was the case, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to make excuses and things like that. But we just have to switch it up. We have to, we have to put our players in the best situation. I'm going to say that if, if a snap count from the sideline is messing a player up, we have to switch it up. We have to do something different. Okay, let's let's explore this a little further because you know what you're talking about, and I have no idea. And I'm guessing uh, 98% of the fans out there don't understand this whole issue. So I guess I always thought the quarterback just stood there back there and barked out signals. And basically – the problem with that is, is he either doesn't have a loud voice or it's so damn loud in a stadium you can't do that or what? Yes. See, that's – we usually go by the quarterback. Make The quarterback does it all. The, the center makes his calls. After the center makes his call, it's the quarterback show. Everyone shuts up. We know, we know one voice. Even if – it should get to a point, even if you hear another voice, you know your quarterback voice. But in those loud games, you have to find unique, unique ways to get the ball back to the quarterback and everyone on the same page. Some people do one head snap and do a head bob, and you wait one second and center snap it. Some people do one or two to keep the defense off. At one time, we have used the, the center has did a couple of head bobs and the guard say go. So we was going off a of guard saying go. It's just different ways. Whatever you have to do to win that game, but it's a lot more than a quarterback back there barking out centers. The, the the, the, uh, in a loud game like that, the center is really the quarterback because he's do, he's going off the clapping or if he's doing the head ball. But, yeah, yeah, it's a lot more than the quarterback doing that. But it just it sucks to be the center doing the time like this now. So, That's all I can say. So there's no fans at this game, or there's 500, maybe 1,000 fans at the most. So a clap could easily be heard all over the place in that stadium. And if somebody on this, I, I guess, I, 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 you know what? I do want to explore this a lot. Let's go. How can, how, when the teams line up, I mean, a coach might be clapping just to be clapping. And uh, yeah. I know there's, I know there's some video with an Iowa coach clapping at the time and it looks like he's throwing off the timing, but I, I guess to make that as an excuse for, uh, what was going on with the offense? I mean, do you think that's a valid excuse or? No, well, I, I want to be fair to both parties because I love the Huskies, but just from being out on the football field, you rarely hear anything from the sideline. You ra- Like, you rarely hear anything from the sideline. You, like, sometimes you miss your coach telling you little things, so it's hard for me to say that I'm, I'm hearing a clap from the sideline. And you practice that clap all week. You kind of get a, a rhythm. You kind of get used to the noise. You kind of know when to thump and how to thump sounds. So it's going to sound different from behind your back from somebody on the sideline. So I I just don't think a clap from the sideline would be an indicator for me to snap the ball because it, it's, it doesn't sound like you're behind me. 
understand that. I don't. I just don't think I'm. I'm. I, I'm so. I'm so keyed in on the quarterback clap. I'm really. It's hard for me to hear anything from the side. Like, like when we practice the clap, I'm all all week. I'm practicing on how does this sound? How does my quarterback rhythm go? Because it's not one clap and you go. It's like a lot of teams don't do. It's like one, you do two, or some people go clap us. Like we had a oh, and we had a one, we had a two. Then he said go and clap and say. So it was different. It was never just one clap. So I don't know if we go off one clap. But I just don't see one clap from a guy all the way on the opposite sideline making the center be the indicator to go. But if if that's what was if that what was going on, hey, I believe him. But I I just don't see. I've been in those footsteps. I just I, it's hard for me to hear from the sideline. Sometimes it's hard for you to hear the guard. But it's no it's not it's not fans in the stands. So I do see both sides. Okay, Cam Jurgens had one snap that that sailed, I mean, like 10 feet over Adrian Martinez's head. Uh, the clapping obviously isn't going to do that. What what causes that? I've heard other – well, Jeremiah Searles yesterday, I think, was on Twitter, and he mentioned the yips. And is that a thing? Obviously, he he played a lot of football too. If he mentions it, it's got to be a thing. I don't get what the yips are. Can you explain that a little or understand what that is? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. The yips. I, I think I missed that one. I don't, I don't know what it's the kinda, yips It's kind of like when you get injured and you're, you know, it. you get injured and you don't want to go back out there because you're going to get injured again. It's trying to get over that. And it, it's probably the mental aspect of the game oh. where you've, you you okay. you screw up once, and you have to focus on the next play, or you have to focus on what's going on next. You know, I mean, we do this in normal life. We might make a mistake with a friend of ours and embarrass them or insult them or something. We have to get over it and go on with life. So, right. in the middle of a football game, it's going on to the next play. How hard is that for a lineman? Um, it's very hard. I know after I'm prepared all week to stop a move. And the guy still beats me for that with that move. Oh, uh, I guess it's called the yips. Yeah, the yips are really working me then because if I didn't practice all week, I did everything I could to stop this move, and I get beat by this move every time. This guy gets in front of me, it's, he's already beat me because I'm already in my head. I don't know what to do, and it, and it basically until I stop that move or until we get some success, uh, he's he's got me beat before every play. And it took me until I was about four or five years pro until to get that out of my system. I always worried about the guy I was going to get. Then it came down to to make the best – be the best Yosh out there. Don't doesn't matter who I'm going against. It's about me every play. And, man, sometimes I still struggle with that now, and I'm 30 years old. So, I'm it's, de- it's definitely high – it's definitely college athletes that are struggling with this. After you make a bad play, how do you bounce back and – God forbid, is another bag play. How do you bounce back? Because I've gave up two sacks in the game, and it was no bouncing back. I was surviving out there. I think I ended the game giving up two sacks, and I I was holding for the rest of the game to make sure I didn't give up another one. But yeah, it's, I don't know how you you just have to get out of that funk. Everyone has to find their own way, and my my way to get out the funk was being physical. I don't care. If I didn't have the rag technique. I just need to hit somebody and get my juices back flowing. I just that was my way of getting out the funk. Somebody hit the ground. I'm playing football again, so I don't know how I need to get out of it. But I do. I do see the mental part. It does. Does it does affect us a lot in football? Okay. On the last Nebraska's last offensive play of the game, 
Uh, one of the linemen gave up a sack. I can't remember who it is. And the Iowa defensive lineman hit Adrian Martinez. He fumbled the ball directly into the arms of another stinky Iowa defensive lineman. Uh, have you ever had that happen to you? Yes. Um, I've, I've been the guy recovering and fumble. I've been the guy beat. I've been the guy watching the guy get beat. I've been on, a, I've been on every side of it. And if you play football long enough, man, you, you're going to get beat. But at the end of the game, when, the, when there's so much pressure and it's so much intense in that stadium, and it comes down to those final plays to get beat on one of those plays, oh, man. Ah, brings back some memories, but uh, I don't. In those situations, you have to know you you have to know how big you have to know the situation you're in. You not know how big the moment is. You have to know what you're going against. We we have to get a score to win. We have to get at least six to tie. So I'm going to be blocking, pass blocking, and you got a scratch claw. I'd rather you get a holding call than give up a sack right then. Like I just told you, I gave up two sacks one game. I was going to get beat. I'll grab your pants, your leg. We, we, we'll go third and 30 before you get that ball back. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the holding calls sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think for fans when we're watching the game, it's just like looking at a guy and going, well, why did he hold him? Why did he do that? What the hell is going on? And, and basically you're saying, you know, it's all about your brains, really, more than, yeah, well, <laughs> more yeah, than your body. Yeah. You have to know your situation. I know we need – if I know it's 20 to 26, it's the end of the game, we won't get the ball back. I can take a holding call right here because we didn't been in some bad situation early in this game for snaps and came out of it. So a 10-yard holding call wouldn't be so bad right now. You, have to, you just have to know when you can hold and when you can't hold. And when you're going to get beat at the end of the game, you won't get the ball back. That is the perfect time to hold. well good point good point all right on from the offensive line what else did you see that uh was disappointing well let's start with disappointing that way we can end on a positive note with what was good but what what did you see about nebraska iowa that was disappointing disappointing is i don't uh disappoint i'll probably say the snaps to start the game out, but it was no it was no snap issues in the second half. Uh, the two the two fumbles, the punt return, the punt return fumble, and the last fumble at the end of the game. Other than that, looking through my notes, man, I have a lot of positives, man. If if well, you want to stand in, so my yeah, just like to look at the positive. We had more yards, and then we had more rushing yards, and then we had more passing yards. We had um. We didn't turn the ball over passing the ball. They had a passing turnover. Um, they averaged under four yards a rush. I don't. It's just a lot of things you can hang your hat on. If you look at the stats, man, in a lot of games, if you look at stats like that, you have more rushing yards, you have more pass, you have more total. They You average more yards rushing them. They don't even average four-yard rushing. More than likely, that's a win in a lot of cases. So – Offensive, defensive lines, I think we've talked about in the previous podcast how to play in the Big Ten, you have to have the lines. You you really have to have physical, strong linemen. Uh, On both sides of the ball, what what did you think about the line play? Uh, I thought the the D line played better than last week. I didn't think there was a lot of creases like – 
it was some 10 to 15 yard runs here and there. For for the most part, if you look at it, the back had 30 carries, barely over 100 yards. I think he averaged something like 3.3 yards to 3.5 yards a carry. That's hats off to the front seven on defense. Like usually when we play Iowa, I don't know. I I think I think we had a little bit more creases. I think they have a lot more yards rushing, or the average is a lot higher. So if you if you look at just, just that. Defense played good to me. They played good enough to win. I wouldn't say they played great. I wouldn't say it's half off. But far as good enough to win, the defense played good enough to win. We had an interception. We had a sack. We stopped. We stopped. We didn't. We didn't stop the rushing game, but we slowed it down enough where they had to pass the ball. And I don't know. Let me go look at the stats. They wasn't. They wasn't great passing. I don't. I don't think it was great passing. They was eighteen for thirty passing. So I don't know. I, I think the defense played good enough to win. And the offensive line? Put it this way. Let me preface that with this. I go around. uh, On our own website, we have game threads. And uh, when we lose a game like this, they turn into misery. It's really not fun. Uh, Social media turns into misery. You got these people thinking Greg Austin, our offensive line coach, needs to be fired because somebody always has to be fired. Oh, my God, that's the only solution to everything. Uh, Iowa's known for their lines. Give Nebraska's offensive line a grade. Maybe that's unfair, but a little bit about it, Nebraska's offensive line overall. In the game like that, I don't did – we, did we only give up one sack? I think so, uh, yeah. If we only gave up one sack, more than likely that's a passing grade. Um, I, see, I know one day I averaged seven yards a rush. I wish we got the ball a little bit more. Uh, Luke Luke had a good game rushing the ball. We gave up three for 20. Oh, we gave up three sacks. By, oh, the, by the game book, by the official statistics, yes. Yeah, that, that can be tricky because sometimes we run a lot of quarterback draws. and If you get a guy in the backfield on a quarterback draw, it's, it's, they give you a sack for that. But just from watching the O-line – I, I sometimes Adrian had so much time to throw that he can look for his third, second, and fourth receiver. He was scrambling around, um, not from pressure, just scrambling around trying to find the guys open. I'll at least give us a B. I don't I don't want to be too hard on the guys. <laughs> I, I, I give us a B. I, I don't want to go A. I don't want to go C. A B sits well with me because I saw Adrian had time. I saw creases there for Wondell. I saw Luke running the ball. Um yeah, man, I, I get the guys to be. I don't want to be too hard. Is there anything else about the Iowa game you want to bring up that I haven't that I haven't mentioned? Oh, I just want to I just want to get some credit to Adrian, but because just from from losing his spot to coming back in, the composure he had, it's a lot of bad plays that happened in that first half. We lost a lot of yardage, and he kept us in a situation to win. We still had a chance to win at the end of the game. It was a ball over the. It was a ball over the middle that he stuck to Wondell, that I'd never forget. I probably it was. It was Wondell was coming over the middle. And he stuck it to him, and I was like, "That's the kind of passing play we need." Uh, he scrambled around and hit. Is his name Austin Allen, or he hit Allen number eleven on the sideline for the toe tap? Like that was just amazing. I I don't know if it was second down and long or third and long. It was some deep. It was some passes that in that game that. If we didn't make this game not even that close, and and he had a couple running plays, he had a lot of scramble. Adrian Adrian played a good game. I think I wrote down he was eighteen for twenty passes. Man, so 
I just and Wondell Wondell Robinson is special. I, when he gets the ball, it's just a different speed. He had forty something yards rushing, seventy receiving. Like we we're we're glad to have him, and we need to use him more. <laughs> right, that's yeah. about all I got. Okay. Oh, I you know I I don't know anything else. I guess we'll do this again next week. Hopefully, we have a game. Uh, Ohio State's game today got canceled. If they miss another game, they don't get to play in the Big Ten championship. Oh, man. I guess I looked at this. Yesterday I did a post-game reaction, and I looked at this and I thought, why is he continuing to have Cam Jurgens in the plane when he can't snap the ball? Why is he moving quarterbacks in and out? Why Why are we seeing so many different players play? Why does Xavier Betts get the ball once and disappear? And I came to the conclusion that this really is kind of a free year for these players. They don't lose any eligibility. Uh, It's almost like I looked at this game yesterday like it was a glorified scrimmage. Am I completely off base about that or not? No, you're not off base at all because it's the same for me. I haven't watched a lot of college football in in the last couple of years because I've been in Canada besides the big games. And, I'm just seeing a lot of players go in, and I'm seeing a lot of quarterbacks go in. I'm seeing a lot of different receivers go in. I'm seeing a lot of running back. And like you said, sometimes it feels like a scrimmage, but we're one and three. It looks like we're trying to find the right group to message together. But I agree, man. Xavier Betts needs to be on the field. He, I don't know, he, he, he makes it look effortless. He just glides around the field, and it looks like he's going to be a treat for us, man. I, I just hope he sticks it through, man. We need to get him on the field. But, yeah, it does feel like a scrimmage at times. We play two different quarterbacks. Sometimes I don't even know who the running back names are. Like yesterday with 14, it was Ramirez Johnson. I was like, man, that was a good run, man. We got a touchdown. I need to know I need to know the guys a little bit better. We got Marvin Scott. We got Wondell. Uh, half of the time I don't even know who the receiver is. Oliver Martin started making catches. Um I don't want to get the names wrong, but I don't even know half of the receivers, and I'm looking for the guys I'm looking for. They're not even out there. But I'm just a fan. I don't know what I'm – most of the time, I don't, I don't – I'm not there every day. I don't see what the coaches see. But I'm like you. Sometimes I don't know what's going on. Sometimes it feels like a scrimmage. But you see, I still have my red and my end on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that – you know what? That's what counts, man. And I hope uh, I hope Husker fans stick with the program. I, I know it's a frustrating – you know, it's a frustrating year all around. I, it's everybody knows that. So we'll end there. Thank you for joining me, Yoshi. I hope you have a good rest of the week. Uh, we can now go and turn on Penn State versus Michigan and watch two sad teams play football <laughs> to see which one is the least <laughs> sad. So take care of yourself. I hope you guys are out there listening. Have a good week, and uh, we'll get ready for what's next. Go Big Red. This is the Yoshi Football Show. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye. Take take care, people.